One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. My name is Marcus Speller. And mine is Jim Campbell. I'm Luke Moore. And I'm Pete Donaldson. Welcome, everybody. It's the Football Ramble. It's another beautiful day in the kingdom. And we have Pete Donaldson back from his wanderings. Petey, how are you? I'm back in the country and it has changed irrevocably. Um, I came I came home and uh, just before I left for my my little sojourn, my little holiday, uh, Mm. I planned on throwing Domestos down the toilet, uh, completely forgot to flush the chain after I'd done my morning wee. So my entire entire house smelt like warm piss. Oh, (laughs) Oh, no. Did you notice? (laughs) (laughs) Pete, was this more or, or less jarring than when you got out of prison? (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sense of readjustment I live in the centre of town if people aren't familiar in Soho and uh, wandering around the only people who are actually in the streets are photographers taking pictures of the empty streets oh, thereby <laughs> photographing each other effectively it's all very strange maybe this is the stage they've always wanted finally yeah. is, they're yeah. the subject as someone once said, you better start believing in ghost stories, Pete, because you're in one mm. oh dear, I'd, I'd, I'd worry about your toilet roll situation, Peter well, no, because I opened a cupboard on the flight back uh, uh, in the toilet uh, and found several rolls of toilet roll, which I pocketed uh, because I didn't know, what, <laughs> didn't know what situation I was coming back to. Jail him now. Jail him. <laughs> How big are your 
pockets as well. Have you got like MC Hammer style trousers on when you fly? <laughs> well, I had to kind of waddle back to my seat because uh, I didn't have a bag with me. I had them jammed down my trousers. So uh, there you go. Outrageous. I didn't know what I was coming back to, guys. I didn't know whether I'd be able to get some loo roll. You know how, uh, how, uh, how many poos I do in the day? Millions. You did four once in total in the, in the year 2012. Um, yeah. the, 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 the burning questions I've got, and I think uh, hopefully it's not too grandiose to say, I'll speak on behalf of our listenership when I ask mm. these on their behalf. Mm. In these straightened times, Pete, mm. there's two, two questions here. One, do you have anything more than just an old bottle of Campari in your fridge? And two, are you still using your oven as storage? Mm. <laughs> well, I, I dare say I will have to cease using my oven of storage. Uh, but indeed, yes, the only thing in my fridge is a bottle of Campari. It's a lovely clean fridge, though. Uh, so no microbes in there. Yeah. <laughs> no flies on me. So that hasn't changed in, what, the two or three years since you accidentally locked us in your flat? No, there's a, there's a few more. Um... You've not bought a single item. There's a, few, there's a few more individual packets of Pret-a-Manger uh, Tabasco sauce. That's about it. Oh, there you go. You're living like a king, mate. Campari yeah. sauce. Whoa, that'll see you through. <laughs> what a liquid-based diet. Yeah. Marcus, to be fair, has been very worried about you, Pete. So, um, yeah. Oh, bless him. Bless his cotton socks. I have been uh, mildly concerned, <clears throat> but I'm not anymore because you're back uh, and better than ever by the sounds of it, Peter. Yeah, I'm feeling healthy. I'm tanned. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking better than ever, and no one can see me. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Yeah, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm. Uh, we, we're getting a, in in England at the moment. We're getting a little bit of a mini heat wave. It would seem, and the weather is really nice. And of course, none of us can go outside. So I'm dressing like I'm on holiday anyway, um, yeah. just to try and sort of get in the mood. Mm. What Union Jack hanky on your head? Vest. <laughs> yeah, string vest, sandals, and socks, <laughs> smashing up picnic furniture in the front room. Yeah, <laughs> singing <laughs> Dan Buster's theme. You're right, Mark, because you've got a bit of frog in your throat today, <laughs> I mate. Think, I'm just so excited to have Pete back on the show, I think. Mm. It's understandable. Mm, uh, yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, gentlemen, there's, um, there's some, been a few little bits and pieces that, that we can get our, our teeth stuck into today. I found this quite interesting. Uh, reports from, from Devon. Uh, Torquay United, more specifically, have got their players on, on a fitness regime while um, the situation is still the same in this country and, of course, in most countries around the world. Because footballers, they've got to keep fit. They can't just kind of take it easy for the next sort of couple of months and then hope to uh, to, to spring back into it when or if the season does uh, reemerge. Hopefully, in the, in the summer months, that's what we're, we're hoping for. So, so Torquay players, uh, Torquay United players, among others, of course, have got fitness regimes. They've got their own individual training programs as well, and they're using an app that records uh, what they get up to while they're remotely training. And the data is looked over by the club's physio uh, with, with each player doing their own routines and, and so on and so forth. And I'm, I'm sure that's the case in a lot of clubs around the land. And the reason why we're honing it on Torquay is that their um, former Bristol City Yeovil Town boss, Gary Johnson, who's in charge of Torquay, said of the app, we give them a five-kilometre run, for instance, and they send it back to the app, which shows you where they ran, how fast they ran, and how many calories they've lost. It's a good bit of kit, and we know exactly <laughs> what they have done. And this is, this is uh, what... What we gave Pete obviously when he was away, so we know exactly what he got up to, whether he realizes it <laughs> yeah. or not. Yeah, you, you, you guys didn't know how many calories I'd consumed, though. So. <laughs> yeah. That's very, very much the problematic part of it. I think you consumed several thousand calories, all of them through Campari. <laughs> <laughs> We've got an app to tell us how much booze Pete's consuming when he's away. <laughs> uh, and the app crashed many times. Um, but uh, Gary Johnson, he went on to say about these players who have got these uh, 
uh, it players who've got the apps in. We have one player that shall remain nameless who is supposed to have done 10 kilometers in 21 minutes. I think that broke the world record. Part of his map shows that he went across the water in the bay. We don't quite know what he was doing, but we'll get to the bottom of it. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Aim in the system. Yeah. It was a boat, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll get to the bottom of it right now if you want. It was a boat. No, 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 because he said. He said only part of it went on the on the on the water, so I reckon yeah. it was one of those duck buses you see in the Thames, or a hovercraft. Oh. But I love just for the first for the, for like a couple of seconds when they when the uh, the physio or whoever it was in that department mm-hmm. saw that data um, and checked the world record on Google, which is I've just checked is twenty six <laughs> minutes seventeen seconds for the ten k, <laughs> and thought fucking hell, we've got a plough around here. <laughs> tell you what, come of the hour, this yeah. guy's absolutely amazing. Either that or he's going. I'm pretty sure this can't be right, but I just want to make absolutely sure <laughs> that he's not done 10K in 21 minutes. Yeah, I think the physio probably thought to himself, God, this new training regime I've given the players has hit the spot. The manager's going to be well pleased. <laughs> All they needed was a rest. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah, part of his map shows that he went across the water in the bay. I mean, maybe he was, I think, speedboat and tried a little... Um, he, he went partly on land, a bit like a Roger Moore in... Um, which one is it? Man with a Golden Gun? Live and let die. He jumps over. Oh, live and let die. Yeah, he jumps over some like a, a pool of water by leaping across crocodile. I think, I, I think I've just uh, broke the world record. Yeah. Is that, that, like sorry? That. Was that Roger Moore? Yes. Yeah. Well, it wasn't Sean uh, Connery, he, was it? Right. <laughs> In self isolation, have you been working on your uh, your impressions, Marcus? Oh, don't start this, Pete. For goodness' sake. Which, which one do you want? Which one do you want to hear? We can't stop him. <laughs> Hang on, Pete. Pete asked a question. Now, Peter. Oh dear. I'm just saying, which new ones have you been working on? I want to hear the newest one. Actually, no, I haven't. Uh, what? Well, give us a give us one to work on. Do George Lazenby, Marcus. You seem to like doing the bonds. Do George Lazenby. I can't think of it. I can't think. Can uh, I just say, Marcus, you could do George Lazenby and it would sound indifferent to me because I have no idea what he sounds like. So it could be a really good impression. No, exactly. Yeah, he, he was Australian, wasn't he? Oh, my, James, James Bond, Bond man. <laughs> James Bond. <laughs> Something like that. James Bonza. In Live and Let Die, he, he jumps um, across a pool of water by leaping onto the backs of um, sunbathing crocodiles yeah, yeah, it's fun. Um, to, to, to get away. It, I mean, it, that sounds really cool, but if you watch back now, it looks absolutely <laughs> fucking ridiculous. Oh, yeah, I mean, there's a, but there's a lot of stuff like that in, in the Bond films, isn't there? In fact, there is a in the one Bond movie that George Lazenby is in, which I believe is on Her Majesty's Secret Service, he's obviously replacing, I think, Sean Connery at that point so it's, it's a big big role and something slightly embarrassing happens to bond so lazenby looks down the camera and says this never happened to the other guy so he breaks the fourth wall which throws up the possibility that james bond knows he's in a movie <laughs> and only mentions it that one time in the whole series weird. very weird it is very strange but you can't blame lazenby for that no oh, absolutely not i'm not blaming him I've just heard you blame him before for that, that's all. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not blaming <laughs> Well, Marcus, I would love to hear you work on an impression of George Lazenby while you've got time. <laughs> Pick someone better. Nobody knows what George Lazenby sounds like. What about Nick Ewer? Nick, wow. Yeah. No, no, come on. With it. I've already mastered, yes, mastered that one. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of time to watch Countdown these days. Nice. The thing is, everybody knows what Nick Ewer sounds like as well, so it's such a universally popular one. Um, but but as, as loath as I am to go back to uh, to, to Johnson and Torquay United, I, I love that. Has someone just attached their app to, like, 
I don't know what. How have they managed to? I mean, Pete, I'd defer to you to this sort of thing. How, how have they managed to to do that with the app? Have they put it on like a remote control car, or I don't know? They've, they've maybe <laughs> they've been on a bicycle or something. It's a just... drone. It's a drone. He's been flying the drone around, Marcus. Oh, of course. It's a drone. It's a drone. He's stuck yeah, his phone to a drone. He's put... it's a phone drone. It is a phone drone. Um, so Dropping a phone are. drone, man. Yeah, well, absolutely. Well, what else can we do in these trying times? Uh, a little bit mm. further uh, around the coast, uh, well, much further around the coast of England, do we go to, to Grimsby Town? All the way around the coast, if you don't mind yeah. me saying. <laughs> Very good. Literally the opposite side, yeah. Like in your work, Luke Moore. Um, I always felt that you had a bit of a geography teacher vibe about you. That's haunted me because when we played the live show in Toronto, oh, yeah. um, it got to the point where we kind of run out of clothes. Mm-hmm. And I did wear an ensemble which was described by more than one person as a disgraced geography teacher. <laughs> mm. I've obviously got the attire for it. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm probably just as boring as well. Well, it's important to have a range of looks in the wardrobe, isn't it? Because you never know when disgraced geography teacher will become <laughs> you know, fashionable. Like... But Jim, you say a range, and that's just, it's just that. Right. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's a good start. I'm trying to throw you a bone here, mate. Other than that, it's just tracksuit bombs. <laughs> all, all of my looks basically makes it look like I'm trying to uh, romance six formers, so it's all good. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah, Pete, you've got a couple of good ones. You've got, you've got Provincial Hypnotist. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a very, very good look for you. Any formal yeah. occasion, you tend to look like a Provincial Hypnotist. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got kind of um, also um, one of the, you know, that really, really small period of time before TV magicians went properly urban. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like that mm. and you've also got the old um i present mtv2 in 2005 yeah I'll also th- there's very much a, the guy that welcomes you to purgatory you've got that look <laughs> as well <laughs> that's just my eyes my <laughs> vacuous eyes oh, yeah oh dear well ian holloway has broken his silence on uh on the the current situation uh that we're thank all god in. yeah <laughs> He said, all we're doing is ticking over. It's like starting a chainsaw, leaving it on the floor, stopping the blade going around, but you can hear the motor running. We are ready to go. But but when that will be, who knows? Is it like that? I'm I'm not sure that really stands up. Because at some point he... Presumably, he's going to have to get on the ground and wrestle that chainsaw and then use it to yeah. cut up whatever he needs to cut up in this analogy. And I don't really think that applies. Why can't Ian Holloway just say something relatively normal? <laughs> he's thrown us a bone here, mate, so let's not knock it. Yeah. But you know you wear around a chainsaw. It's got a, dead, it's got a dead man's switch, hasn't it? So you put a cable around your arm, and if you, if, you, if you drop it, it kind of cuts it out, right? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe maybe he's probably going for like a consumer level one rather than a pro chain size. It's clearly got some yeah. kind of uh, kill switch where you can keep the motor running if it's petrol powered. Uh, but get it out on the highway. The yeah, exactly. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think Ian Holloway kind of thinks these up and just... Um, yeah, I do. And just, this is the kind of thing Ian Holloway would say. No, I think uh, he just uh, naturally rolls off the tongue and he says, how are you getting on it? And yeah, we, we're sort of ticking over. We'd like a chainsaw and it's been left on the... What? What are you going on about? Ian? He'll have a writer, <laughs> won't he? <laughs> <laughs> is that you, Jim? Is that what you're doing? Oh, I'll tell yeah. you what I've got. Um, I've, got two, I've got two encounters with Ian Holloway under my belt. One is when um, it was either his agent or someone called me and asked me if I'd be interested in doing a series with him for mm-hmm. um, metal detecting with Ian Holloway. I told you that before. Hang on. Why didn't you do that? Yeah. No, I, I said I would do it, but it didn't, it didn't come off oh, for some that's reason. That's such a shame. Uh, 
presumably because they got to such a state with it that they ended up calling me. Uh, and, 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 the sec- and the second one is I saw him at a Christmas party once and I was just standing around with f- a few other people and um, we were just, you know, just talking. And uh, someone mentioned that I was a Portsmouth fan. And uh, Ian, this is before Ian had taken the Grimsby Town job. He's obviously out of work. And he just looked up and he went, I couldn't do the Portsmouth job. Kenny's my mate. And I was like, all right. Well, I have, you know, I have one. I have no power to hire you anyway. I yeah. just support yeah. them, and two, I didn't. I didn't ask you to be the manager anyway. Yeah. <laughs> How would you feel about that? Well, I'd be brilliant. Broadly speaking, Luke. I'll be, I mean, to be honest, I mean, look. To be honest, Jim, the state we're in at the moment. If 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 the deal with the devil I have to do is that football comes back, but I have Ian Holloway managing the club I support, I'll do it now. You say <laughs> the state you're in. I mean, Portsmouth not far off the championship. No, the state that the football world is in, Mark. Oh, I see. No football. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a it's like a mosquito frozen in amber. They're so close. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. In true. 75 million years' time, football will be back. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, mm. and it will lead to some sort of horrific disaster. Yeah, a massive Robert Prozanecki knocking down a building. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Robert Prozanecki and uh, Gary O'Neill in a kitchen hunting a small child. Mm. Jurassic Fratton <laughs> Park. <laughs> <laughs> well, Holloway said that we can't scrap this season as too many managers have lost their jobs for it not to matter. See, that's yeah. a new take, isn't it? Yes, I've not seen nice. before. How tepid are the takes going to be in about three months' time? I know. He obviously thinks it's very disrespectful. And I did think to myself, he sounds like that those like managers have sort of like died for the making of this season. It's like we've got to yeah. honour the memory of these managers. And you think to yourself, well, it is a, it's a different take, as you say. He manages to be original, Ian Holloway, at every moment, and I respect mm. him for that. But it's like he thinks that if we reset the season... Uh, like we'd reset reality almost like yeah. it'd be like a, a, a football manager season you just go oh you know what i'm just gonna scrap this one you know I'm yeah cheat and go back to the start like you can't yeah don't save us exactly well I, also as well i don't know what he means so does i don't know so, sort of um i'm trying to think of a sack manager like kike sanchez flores he lost his job didn't he or <clears throat> you know one or two others would suddenly say oh well if i'd have known that we were going to scrap this season then i might have tried a bit harder or something i don't i don't yeah don't really work like that, does it? No. It'd be an amazing caveat if everyone had to start back with who they had. <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. I mean, Spurs fans will take that right now, wouldn't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you, but um, you would still have Steve Bruce at the helm. Yeah, he signed yeah. before the summer, didn't he? So, uh, yeah, yeah, but he's doing an all right job. You know? He's done a brilliant job. He's not lost a game for ages. <laughs> won't, someone, won't someone think of Pochettino? That's, uh, yeah. That's the thing. Well, Steve Bruce. Steve Bruce had a lot of measures in place to combat um, coronavirus before the shutdown. So once again, mm. forward thinking, innovating. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Marcus, can you end this little section by doing your uh, famous and it is famous yeah. Ian Holloway impression? Second in the morning. Don't think so. Yeah, <laughs> oh. It's the only thing you can say, isn't it? Absolutely yeah. perfect. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> Absolute perfection. Yeah. Can you do a, can you, Marcus? Can you do an impression of another person from the West Country? It's like starting a chainsaw. <laughs> I, was, I just wanted to see how it differed and it didn't yeah Marcus say the word Scott Minto in a accent like that in a what in a West Country accent yeah oh that's tricky Why, is this like a famous tongue twister is Scott Minto uh, no, the I, just, I, just, of the I, just think I just think it would sound quite yeah, good Scott Minto no, <laughs> quite, quite tricky yeah it's quite good. tricky 
Uh, well, yes. Uh, let, let, let us move on, gentlemen, because there's a thing called the Euro Club Index. Now, if we're wondering how this this season, whether it sort of finishes or not, pans out, then then do look at the the Euro Club Index because they've crunched the numbers and they've predicted what's going to happen um, if this season can indeed continue. The index surprisingly gives Liverpool a one hundred percent chance of winning the title. It's been completely unequivocal. You've got to admire that. They've rounded that up. They must have rounded that up because, I mean, that's, yeah, that clearly can't true. be right, can it? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, you can't be 100% because it's obviously not happened. But but that's how that's how confident the Euro Club Index is. I like these guys. They sound yeah. like they, they, they really back themselves. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're side up, aren't they? Sunny side yeah, up. Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> we need a bit of positivity in yeah. these strengthened times. If I can play the nerd devil's advocate, is that how you should approach data? Sort of <laughs> a lot of governments around the world are doing that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> well, assuming Manchester City's Champions League ban is upheld, they're saying that Leicester City, to finish in the top four, get Champions League football next season, they're giving Leicester City 94.81%. So they're, they're, they're very, very confident that Leicester are going to do it. They're giving Chelsea 80.37%. So, so very confident with Chelsea. Win. And Manchester United, 73.75%. So they're in pole position for, for for top four along with Liverpool. That is assuming, of course, that Manchester City's bans upheld. So we, we take Manchester City out of that equation. They're giving Wolves and Tottenham just 17.34% and 16.24%. So it drops off. So they're very confident. They I mean, think Manchester mm, United mm. will be the ones that get the fourth, fourth place. Having watched quite a lot of Spurs under Mourinho, yeah, 16.24% seems very generous to me. <laughs> I, I'll take that right now. Are you surprised they've given Man United 73.75%? Not really. Under Wolves, Wolves are only a couple of points behind them. Wolves are 16%. Well, this will be based on the recent form table, won't it? So that would actually probably make sense based on those games. So it would depend. And, and also, presumably, these players, um, if, if this is if the season is completed, the players will be back. And obviously, Manchester United's squad, uh, with, with players like Paul Pogba coming back into the side, you would presume. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Chinny wreck Chinny wreck on. Paul Pogba deserved a lot of credit, by the way, because he was way ahead of his time. I mean, yeah, he's no, been refused to play for months. That's right. And now no one's playing. <laughs> mm. What a pioneer. Yeah, yeah, yeah self-isolating. He's very much so, yeah. Well, in Scotland, uh, Celtic's 13-point advantage over Rangers gives them a mighty 98.87% chance of winning the Scottish <laughs> Premiership. That's according, again, to the to the Euro Club Index. You wouldn't bet against Celtic winning the title, of course. So much so that, that John Hartson has come out and said that Rangers should concede the title to Celtic. And if they did, they'd come out of it with huge credit and respect. Um, <laughs> what, from... <laughs> From Celtic. Thanks, I love the idea of a journalist, a journalist interviewing John Hartson and just going, and when he said that, just going, God, you're bored already, aren't you, John? <laughs> that is an outrageous thing to say by John Hartson. He said it would be unlikely for that to happen, but he also said Celtic would not want Rangers to do that. They wouldn't want to be handed it, but common sense has to prevail. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Common sense does have to prevail, John. And it sounds like it's having a struggle, mate. Um, oh, my God. But, yeah, common sense. I love the fact, though, that, that, that Rangers, it is up to Rangers, to, or the second-place side to say, no, you can have the title. The Scottish yeah. Football Association are going, well, hang on, hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, think, I think we'll be just in charge of the decisions that, that, of this kind of magnitude. <laughs> it's not between two clubs, you know. Football is not, and nor has it ever been, a some kind of, <laughs> kind of elaborate golf hole where someone's got a putt about a foot away 
There you go. We've got an there. You take that one. There you go. Chad, well, well, well played. Take it from Chad, which you can't do at the moment anyway. Yeah. That is not how it works. No. And I think that there's a very bored journalist who poked John Hartson with a stick there, and he's and he's reacted to it. Mm, amazing. I think they should concede. They should declare. <laughs> and honestly, and if they did, the phone call. Imagine the phone call. <laughs> Oh, it's on the phone, Celtic. Who is it? Oh, it's uh, Rangers. All right, yeah, what is it? What are they saying? They're saying what? Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. We don't want this. it. Yeah. <laughs> you might as well have it. You might as well have it. You cheapened it now. Yeah, I love the fact that it's, it's as if, like, all Celtic fans would give them massive respect. No, a lot of ridicule, perhaps, but yeah. uh, but a lot of respect. Never-ending ridicule, Kiel Mark. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. They would talk about that in a hundred years' time. <laughs> is is is. is, is respect um when he says they were getting an almost amount of respect mm. what he really means is they would use it to belittle <laughs> us for the next 100 years at every opportunity yeah. that's what he means and he's absolutely right yeah respect isn't the thing is it when a dog rolls over and shows you its belly it's not because it respects you is it mm. <laughs> oh don't put yourself down jim mate <laughs> I love the fact though he said Celtic wouldn't want Rangers to do that they wouldn't want to be handed it I mean that's not what Le- Neil Lennon and Scott Brown were saying the other week why well, it should be ours give it to us now <laughs> give, it to us, give it to us now he wanted to take it it's not the same as being handed it <laughs> yeah, he wanted true. to wrestle it Scott Brown was seeing it like one of those paintball games where you have to go and capture a flag just legging it through all these paintballs smacking him in the head grabbing yeah. it it's ours we got it yeah. doesn't have a paintball gun just using his fists <laughs> yeah Oh, I love it. Absolutely love it. Well, one award that was given out uh, before the, uh, the the situation unfolded was the Player of the Month Award in the Premier League for February. And it was given to Bruno, Bruno, Bruno Fernandes, uh, of course, uh, for, for his great start at Manchester United. He's only one of nine men to have won the Prem Player of the Month Award in their first month after arriving in England. Uh, so one of nine men. Um, uh, Timo Pukki won it in uh, in August 2019 in his uh, first... Marcus, did Fernando Torres win it? Uh, Fernando Torres did not win it in his first... He may well have won. started really well this first season. He did start very well. He may well have won that the award, but not uh, in his first month after arriving in England. Anthony Martial won it in September... 2015. Andre Ayew won it the month before that. Diego wow. Costa uh, in his first month of 2014. And then there's a bit of a gap. So so you had a few players in um, t- between 2014 and, and this, this year. But then you have to go all the way back to 1999 when a young Robbie Keane playing for Coventry City won it in August. Patrick wow. Berger in 1996 in September. David Ginola in August 95. And nice. the first ever Premier League Player of the Month award, or it would have been probably Premiership back then. So the first, um, the first award of its kind was won by Jurgen Klinsmann in August '94. Wow, I do remember Klinsmann hitting the ground running like that because he was only at Tottenham for that one season in his first spell, wasn't he? I think yeah, he was. Yeah, it feels he was like he was there for ages. He really yeah. was. I remember him hitting the ground quite a lot. <laughs> <laughs> very good look. One more. for the teenagers there. Oh, very much so. Very much so. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a quick break. And after which, we'll have some emails. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash ramble. Welcome back to the Ramble of Football Ramble Daily, everybody. Look more. Yeah, a reminder that you can sign up and support us on Patreon where you'll receive loads of extra behind-the-scenes content and bonus podcast episodes from as little as $5 a month. Supporting us on Patreon will help us keep all our shows running through this difficult period and we'd really appreciate your support. But for those of you who haven't uh, signed up yet, do listen to this because to celebrate our expanding Patreon offering, we're running a very special competition this week thanks to our friends at icons.com. We're giving Patreon subscribers the chance to win and check this out, a signed and framed Paul Gascoigne 1990 England shirt. Iconic iconic simply sign up for our patreon at patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 p.m british time on friday the 27th of march that's this friday by 5 p.m everyone signed up before the deadline including those of you who are already patreon subscribers will be eligible for the prize signing up to a higher tier makes you more likely to win so if you sign up to our supporters club tier you'll be entered once into the competition if you sign up to our Ramble On tier, you will be entered twice into the competition. And if you sign up for our highest tier, as well as becoming an official friend of the Ramble, your name will be entered three times into the competition. So head to patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily by 5 p.m. on Friday the 27th of March to enter and we'll announce the winner of a Paul Gascoigne signed and framed 1990 England shirt the following week on the show. So that's patreon.com forward slash football ramble daily. Thanks for all your support so far and give yourself a chance of winning that shirt because it is an iconic prize. Thanks to our friends at icons.com. Lovely old job. And now it's time for emails with PD. You Football Ramble Daily.com And now please 
It is time for emails with PTD. Thank you to everyone who's uh, got in touch with shortfootballrumbledaily.com. Uh, first email comes from Toby. Hi, team. Love the show. As an avid uh, Bristol Rovers fan, albeit supporting from the centre of Australia, I recently became intrigued by our recent loan signing of young striker Timmy Abraham. Ooh. The more talented brother of the somewhat known footballer, Tammy Abraham. Wow. Could the 12-month delay to the Euros now present the opportunity to see Tammy and Timmy up front for the three Lions? <laughs> Probably not, but we've got to find something to talk about. Thank you, Tommy. It doesn't sound very intimidating, does it, Timmy and Tammy? Did he say he was in Australia? Hmm. Because they love a Tim Tam over there. So yeah. that's Tim Tam. Yeah, is, there, yeah. is there a Tommy yeah. Abraham as well? Is there some sort of Amy Obi sort of legacy happening here? <laughs> and, a fat one, and there's a fat one called Tommy Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> How deep does this Abraham well go is the question. Hello, Ryan. Um, uh, Zdanovic uh, says, Ramble Force Hall, that's an old one. Uh, just thought I had to uh, ask how football should handle the current shutdown. My idea is... Get this. The annoying thing is about this email, it ends with, it goes without saying Pete is unqualified to weigh in on this, and then he comes oh, out with this shit. Uh, my, idea <laughs> is that, uh, my idea is that UEFA should immediately open the transfer, transfer window for as long as the shutdown exists. While I will be the first to concede that it is entirely against the sporting nature of football, but it might be a healthy alternative for the great economic and social landscape around football. The summer transfer window each year generates an untold amount of buzz, interest, downloads, clicks, and financial incentives for both teams and the greater footballing world to maintain a level of relevance it would not otherwise have during (laughs) off-season. I think medicals Um, might be a bit of a challenge there. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you can't actually go anywhere at the moment. How's that going to happen? Let's have the mass movement of people, agents, private jets. Yeah, sounds like a great plan, Ryan. Is his name Ryan Zidanovich? Yeah. It's an incredible name, and you've wasted it there, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) Hello to uh, Mendy. Shalom, Ramblers from Quarantine Tel Aviv. Uh, Today marks a sad day for all of us lovers of the penalty shootout. Yossi Dagen, the uh, man accredited with uh, inventing the modern shootout, uh, passed away today at the age of 93. Mm. While Dagen has uh, become, or Dagen rather, has become an iconic figure in the world of Israeli football for being one of our few contributions to global support, other than the famous other Yossi, Ben Ayoun, uh, I was wondering what other individuals individuals uh, exist in football that have had such a drastic influence on the game in the modern era. Can we name a specific person who brought on the end of the pass back to keepers? Do we know exactly who is the deviant who proposed VAR? I reckon uh, Tony Yaboa invented the volley off the bar. Osman, <laughs> <laughs> Mark Osman, he was very influential. Yeah, that's very, very yeah. true. Also, if you scored a volley off the bar, it was known as a, as a Yaboa when we were younger, yeah. wasn't it? And also, yeah. we mentioned him already, if, the Klinsman dive was a thing as well mm. that, that people would yeah. sarcastically do in the park. Maybe not so much the school playground. Depending, yeah. depends how mad you were, I suppose. Well, Pete knows all <laughs> about it because he, uh, he he broke his elbow doing a Klinsman. I did, yeah. Stuck my arm out at the last minute, pulled out of a Klinsman. Never pull oh. out of a Klinsman. Talking of penalty shootouts, I saw an interview with the, the great Barry Davis uh, the other day and he kept referring to a penalty shootout as a penalty competition. And uh, I love the fact that he does that. Still very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Um, finally, for now, uh, Chris Medlock with a bit of a. Um, I presume you guys have solicited this kind of content, but morning, chaps. Like many people, I now find myself with an abundance of free weekends and DIY tasks stacking up around the home. The challenge for this weekend is to find a suitable method of fixing wooden battens to a brick wall in preparation for plasterboarding. Not sure of whether to, whether to go to uh, go for a hammer and an anchor to them to. Sorry, not sure of whether to go for a hammer and anchor them into place or maybe brick screws. Oh, 
also it is a particularly old house uh, the walls aren't straight do you have any advice about how to get a straight stud against the uneven walls many thanks stay safe chris medlock Chris, you could not be asking a worse <laughs> group of men. No. Uh, I put myself in that for advice on this subject. The best we can do, I think, is probably ask some of our other listeners to weigh in and we become some kind of a conduit for DIY chat, the same what we were for medieval weaponry chat. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And we're just saying, screw fix, we are available for sponsorship. 100%. Mm. Um, so that was uh, the email section. If you want to get to dot com. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, right then, gentlemen. Did you watch... Um, they're still running some version of Match of the Day on, on the Saturday night. There was... Uh, Gary Lineker was presenting from his kitchen and Ian Wright and, and, and Alan Shearer were were talking about <laughs> the best Premier League captains. Alan Shearer was, was speaking about the time that uh, he and Roy Keane had that uh, little spat back in September 2001... If you remember, it resulted in Roy Keane getting sent off. Newcastle beat Manchester United 4-3. That's how long ago it was. Although I suppose they beat them this season as well, so I shouldn't be so disrespectful. <clears throat> uh, and uh, Shearer uh, sort of mugged off Keane and, and then Keane was waiting for him in the in the tunnel and blah, blah, blah. And I thought, that's 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 quite a nice little story, a little blast from the past, if you will. And I thought, do you know what? We should, we should do a little a little feature, a little memorable moment from from the Premier League. Maybe maybe we'll, we'll focus on bust-ups for now. And, and it got me thinking, um, which were particularly enjoyable bust-ups from the Premier League. And, of course, I didn't have to stray from Newcastle United to probably pick out the most famous one or infamous one. The time when Newcastle players Kieran Dyer and Lee Bowyer had a fight with each other on the pitch during a home match against Aston Villa in 2005. That was incredible. <laughs> and that wasn't the only one of those incidents that happened in, those, in that game either, was it? That was the same game when Stephen Taylor effectively kind of pretended he'd been shot to try mm. and uh, stop a penalty happening. Do you remember? Yeah, I remember that very well, yeah. To be more precise, it was Darius for... See, this is, I mean, this is how much of a... a, a if you crunched all the, you know, if the Euro index crunched all the numbers and said, this is a peak <laughs> ramble, then you have Dyer and Bowie having a fight, which results in both players getting sent off. Stephen, so that's, that put Newcastle down to eight men because Stephen Taylor had been sent off earlier because he'd handled a Darius Vassell shot and then pretended to have been hit in the side by the ball rather than on the hand. Graham Soonis was in charge of Newcastle United, and uh, David O'Leary was Aston Villa manager. And Nobby Solano said after the match of Darren Bowie, you'd think that you, you wouldn't think that they hate each other, but they're both friends and they play cards together. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of brilliant points from this. I, I, I read an article covering it in a kind of blast from the past type way. And uh, Bowie, uh, when Bowyer confronted Dyer, uh, Dyer apparently responded by saying, the reason I don't pass to you is because you're shit, basically. <laughs> uh, and, and the article itself was brilliant. Uh, it said uh, it said something along the lines of perhaps you could, could uh, concede, uh, you could understand the frustration because Newcastle at that point had conceded two penalties and had had a promising academy lad shot dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that Soonis was in charge. You wonder, was that sort of the, the general kind of alpha male kind mm. of just general hardness of Soonis, like infusing the squad and getting Dyer and Boya to be in that frame of mind. Or, yeah. I mean, imagine, just imagine that the, the, the bollocking that you know you're going to get after that. You get sent off because you had a fight on the pitch. Oh, Jim, he made them apologise at the press conference, didn't he? He sat in between mm. the school boys, yeah. He did, yeah. 
like a headmaster. But before he did that, though, he said of the incident, in many ways, such incidents can encourage togetherness. (laughs) (laughs) We do it in training all the time. I love the Nobby Solano quote after. You would think they hated each other, but they are friends and play cards together. Why are they doing this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, lovely Nobby. I know. David O'Leary was Villa manager, and presumably he was <clears throat> very concerned because had Darren Bowie turned on any of his players, he'd have said, no one's touching my babies. My babies. Pete, what are your memories of that as, as the resident Newcastle fan here? Yeah, come on, Pete. I seem to recall um, them, I, I think Graham Sooners made them apologise to the tea lady. I think that was the case anyway. Yeah. In the press conference, I think the tea lady came in, and I'm fairly <laughs> certain, it might be just a fevered brain trying to remember I'm fairly certain that I apologise to the, to the tea lady. Obviously, I mean, the Premier League, uh, or rather, I guess the Champions League um, set a precedent with uh, Lesor and... Um, uh, Batty. And Batty. Yeah. Batty, obviously, also a, a Newcastle player at one point in his career. Um, so it, it, it's not like Newcastle. Newcastle are admittedly a joke of a club, but it, it has been seen before. <laughs> yeah, and actually with, with Batty and, uh, and Graham Lesor, that was in the Champions League as well. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine, it's though, how... How maddening it must be for a manager if two of your players start fighting each other and both get sent off, and you're already you're already down to to ten men. So they 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 finish the game with three men sent off. I think that's the only game I can remember, and people will be able to get in touch and tell me if I'm wrong that I can remember three players from the same team during a game getting sent off. <laughs> uh, Hearts had four men sent off at Ibrox once. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to remember that, am I? Well, you might do. I mean, it happened in in uh, living memory, in the world. Well, Unless we covered it on the show, I don't know if I'd be uh, yeah. be across that. But what do they get sent off for? Four separate incidents. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, sorry, no, no, you're absolutely right. It would have. Yeah. Um, uh, I can't. To be honest, I, I actually can't remember um, what they were. But it it was four separate incidents, I believe. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Yeah, madness. Um, but yeah, so I thought I thought that was uh, uh, worth a little uh, walk down memory. Now, I love the fact that Darius Vassell was involved as well at some point. Yeah, but Stephen Taylor <laughs> de- denying Darius a goal, which is which is a great shame. Well, he only scored for England, really, didn't he? <laughs> indeed, indeed, Jim, he did. Only a couple of goals, but my goodness, they were important. Mm. Oh dear, um, uh, uh, Jim, you wanted to talk about Felipe Melo. I did want to talk about Felipe Melo because I'm sure a lot of you have seen the uh, the sort of toilet roll keepy uppy challenge that's been going around the world of footballers challenging each Marcus other to, to it. do it. Yeah, Marcus indeed has done it. You can check him out on all over our socials to, to see what a brilliant shift he put in on that, dressed as Kevin Pressman, um, in it, <laughs> inexplicably. Um, it sounds but, like a joke, but it isn't. No, it's not. It's very much real. Um, but obviously, Lionel, Lionel Messi's getting involved. Arturo uh, Vidal did a particularly good one. There's lots of great footballers doing it. And then um, there's, there's a great one where Felipe Melo, goes to uh, start doing it and then just disca- decides, ah, you know, forget this. And then quite aggressively two foots the toilet roll and mm. good on you, Felipe. Good on you. <laughs> you know, you know what you are and you stick into it. <laughs> Golden bin award in Italy as well. Remember? That's right. Yeah. Oh, nice. we, should, we should maybe, should we have a premier league equivalent of that or is it too mean? No, I think it's too if you don't know the golden bin, it's for the worst player, isn't it? I don't think you should have that. I think footballers get enough crap. I think it's actually quite in really poor yeah. taste. Ah, fuck yeah, you're em. probably right. Uh, bollocks to them. They earn enough money. They shouldn't have feelings. <laughs> yeah. Do you see uh, Alan Saint-Maximin taking on, uh, I believe, uh, I hope they're his daughters, but uh, basically him 
just <laughs> ripping the pee out oh, of his D's it's uh, on, in, in the house. He's just absolutely doing them <laughs> with tricks and flicks. <laughs> and one of them that. just goes sliding in. Oh, it's fantastic. I yeah. love that, man. He's quality. Mm. He is quality. All right, ladies and gentlemen, speaking of quality, it's now time for Pete's Film Club. Pete's Film Club. Right. That's disrespectful because that's not how I talk. That is producer Katie doing an impression of me. <laughs> yeah. Rude. Very, very rude. We encourage that in your absence. If you're going to go away at a time like this, there are going to be repercussions. And one of them is our producer is going to rip the piss out of you. Yeah, it wasn't a time like this. I booked two holidays early on because I thought we were going to have a big old Euro session. We're going to have tours. We're going to be doing all this and that. I'll get them out the way early. And then I come no, back Pete. and everything's gone to shit. I leave the country. The Euros is still happening. Yeah. We just meet you there. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay, and, yeah, cool. And at least you got to go. I've got trips booked to Bruges and New York. Never going to happen. Never <laughs> hey, going to happen. Guys, I mean, I'm in the studio. I came to the studio. <laughs> I, did, yeah. I wondered where you guys were. <laughs> I'm not. I'm in my house. Um, yeah, so we thought it'd be quite nice to uh, check out some films from yesteryear. Um, loosely football adjacent, I'm going to I'm gonna yeah. say. Uh, and have a little bit of a, a film club. Uh, you know, watch, review, uh, and come to the group with, with, our, uh, with our opinions about it. We've, we've gone for the film uh, Goal, if you're familiar with that. Kuno Becker, Santiago Munez. Uh, starring Anna Friel, Stephen Dillan and Alessandra Nivola uh, as the main stars of the 2005 film from back in the day. Uh, obviously centred around my favourite football team, Newcastle United. Santiago Munez had a day job and a night job. But every other moment, he lived for the game. What's your name, son? Santiago Munez. If you get yourself to England, Newcastle United will give you a trial. That's a big club. Very big club. It's okay to have dreams, son, but people like us have to work for a living. There's always plan B. We win the lottery. Now, for his family. You deserve this chance, Santiago. Take it. He'll pursue a dream 6,000 miles from home. I have a tryout for Newcastle United. You want to lay off the black pudding? What is it exactly? You don't want to know. He's jet-lagged, nervous. He's never seen mud before. Maybe you don't have the stamina for the English game. Adios, amigo. I'll be better tomorrow, I promise. It's not going to be a tomorrow, Santiago. He's grown up in poverty and hardship, and his only way out is his skill with the ball. Monez, just wanted to see what it felt like to be in this field. You think you deserve it? I know I do. It is now quite a day for this young man. One man's extraordinary journey. That's my son. That's my boy, Santiago. Is about to begin. So inaugural film is uh, Goal. Guys, what did you think of it? <laughs> it's I'd, I'd never actually seen it before. So it was, this was an eye-opener for me. Uh, mm. I, I was aware of the the, the scenes uh, where you know real football was was spliced together with fake football. I've got to say that yeah. was actually done fairly well. Mm. Yeah, my, my my take on it, my take on it is that is that I don't actually remember seeing it, although I must have. And so I rewatched it. And and when we decided we were going to do goal, I was like, oh god, why are we doing this, man? This is going to be a two hour. And by the way, it's two hours yeah. long. <laughs> um, yeah. And but but having said that. 
I didn't actually mind it. I found I found um, Santiago Munez to be quite likable, and and I I I, I, I was I was absolutely living for the cameos as well. Yeah. Uh, I, I actually thought it, I actually thought it was fairly decent. I, I didn't. Um, I don't think Donald Trump would have got through the first op- the opening five minutes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, Mexican family smuggling themselves across the border, fuming. Mm, yeah, <laughs> oh, he feels really unhappy about leaving his football behind in a in a sign of things to come. Um, <laughs> I have to say, with with that in mind, obviously he moves to LA and and his, his family don't have a lot of money, so his dream is to play football. But I, I would put this to you, Pete, as you have the most experience of these things. Like, is mm. being rich in Newcastle really better than being poor in LA? That is so rude, Jim. People from Newcastle live to it. Live it. Uh, listen to this, <laughs> and we love Maybe. them. Yeah. By I'm, the I mean, way, it's, it's a really, it's a really, it's a really amazing uh, and obvious uh, nod to Arsene Wenger in the shape of the Newcastle manager. Yeah, although he's German, yeah, in the yeah. film, he's blatantly modelled completely on Arsene Wenger. <laughs> yeah. Wenger-esque. I mean, if it, I'm, I'm cribbing slightly from the Clash of the Titles episode I did a few weeks ago because we did Gaul and uh, escaped to victory as well. Uh, but if you ever want to know whether you're watching a good film. When the titles come up and they're in the same typeface as you wouldn't steal a car, the anti-piracy message that we perform <laughs> at home, it's not yeah. a good one. And then no. if that font goes on to say the words Anna Friel, you're not watching a good film. Oh, that's harsh on Anna. I thought she's very lucky as well. And also, if it's been uploaded to YouTube in 1080p quality three years ago and the algorithms haven't even noticed it, yeah. three million views later, <laughs> they would have killed for that at the box office. <laughs> three million views! <laughs> do, you want, do you want to hear... Um, do you want to hear I've, I've made a few notes when I was watching it. I'll read them through to you now. So, mm. first of all, the things that stuck in my mind from the movie is that um, Adidas are everywhere in it. They are yeah. everywhere in that film. They must have funded it in some way. They did, they um, did. Right, it's, the okay. big, it's the biggest sports um, film uh, agreement in, in, in ever, in fact. It's, it, it, was, right, uh, it was a okay. huge oh, amount of money pumped up um, by Adidas. Secondly, he's an absolute mug wearing moulds in that trial when it's pissing it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Complete yep. idiot. What's yep. he doing? Yeah, well, he, he, gets, he gets pushed all over the place, doesn't he? And, and that is largely yeah. why. And I also found it, I mean, the, the least believable part of it is when they have such a laissez-faire attitude to immigration at the airport when he says he's here for business, when he hasn't got a visa, yeah. because he, because one of the immigration officers is a Newcastle fan. Yeah. Come on. That's yeah. yeah. We need all the help we can get. Yeah, that's what he said. One of the things I love as well is obviously there's a lot of footballers that cameo in it, and um, I'm sure we'll come on to the, the 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 more famous ones or the most famous ones. But I love that the the real player who, in terms of you know, the actual time he he spends on on screen putting a shift in is James Milner, which is so <laughs> appropriate. <laughs> James yeah. Milner is at the centre of every kind of football thing that's happened because I, I've re- I, I'm fairly sure, and, and people are going to crucify me, this is wrong, and I don't, I, but I don't think it is. When Aguero scored that legendary goal to win Man City the title, mm. isn't it Milner who puts the ball in? No, is it, wasn't it Balotelli, I think? And wasn't it... No, it comes to Balotelli first. Balotelli he, he lays gets the assist, yeah. Mm. yeah but I think Milner plays it into Balotelli. Well, I, don't, I can't remember. That would make sense. He's definitely playing from at that point anyway. So Milner's yeah. at the Milner's at the epicenter of everything culturally important in football, including goal. You'd say so, wouldn't you? <laughs> there's a there's a nice little uh, little cameo from Sven, of course, non-speaking. Yeah. Very short cameo though, isn't it, Marcus? Yeah, very yeah. short, but it's enough. And uh, David Beckham actually does okay because I saw David Beckham have a cameo in Modern Family recently, and my goodness, he's wooden. I mean, I love Beckham, oh, but flipping neck. I love him as well, Marcus. I thought he was really poor in goal. Uh, no, no, honestly, com- compare it to some of his other cameos. That was 
blindingly brilliant. That's how bad it is. <laughs> One of the things yeah. I really love that obviously David Beckham, um, Raul and Zinedine Zidane pop up in a, just in a like bar in London inexplicably because they're supposedly they're doing an advert. And um, I love how obviously we all know that Santiago Munez goes on to, to play for Real Madrid and, and Beckham hints that he's got the quality. And it's, I feel like this is Avengers style cinematic universe building way before mm. the MCU had been, you know, Tapping up is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Alessandro Nivola, who's he's been in some big films. He was in Jurassic Park three, <clears throat> and he was in Face Off uh, alongside Nicolas Cage and um, John Travolta. His English accent's yeah. pretty good. It is good. Yeah, he's, he's from Los Angeles, and he was apparently chosen because he could play a bit of football. He, he played it. Which one is he? Is he the one who plays um, Gavin he's Harris? The, he's the naughty Gavin Harris. He's Craig Bellamy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't. I didn't, re- yeah. didn't realise he wasn't English. Yeah, no, exactly. He's, he's very yeah, good. Yeah. Credit where it's due. How annoying is his agent? The guy who plays his agent is it Sean Pertwee? Oh, that's Sean Pertwee. Yeah, Pertwee, who's a good actor, but he's the guy who plays. It's such a cliched. Oh, yeah, horrible. they just make him say "bruv" a lot to make it clear <laughs> yeah, that he's yeah. from London. Nah, bruv, like nah, yeah. nah, nah. sort you out with a deal. Ashley Waters mm, is in it very as, clearly. as a as an extra. Presumably his part was cut. Um, but I mean, as, as Luke says, it's two hours long and there's an, an absolutely unnecessary asthma sort of side plot that I think they could have cut. Well, I felt for Donnie there because Donnie's, Donnie's the Rambles resident asthmatic. It must be like a horror movie seeing the inhaler get stepped oh, on, Donnie. It really is. He should, he should, he's, he's only got his bag with him. For some reason, he turns up for the trial at the stadium and the, and the manager says, go and meet us at the training ground. His asthma thing gets stamped on. He should be across his preventatives. He shouldn't need emergency uh, asthma medication. It's, mm, it's yeah. just all a bit of a shame, really. But you talk about... Hey, presumably, he should, be, he should be declaring that to the, uh, to the, to the club's medical staff as yeah. well, right? Should be declaring that. I mean, to be honest, uh, NUFC threat level on Twitter made the point that uh, Santiago Munez uh, he, um, manages to get a work permit. He's not an EU citizen. Uh, Brad right. Freed had to apply three times. He couldn't yeah. play for Newcastle, Sunderland, or Liverpool. Yeah, mm. and, he was, and he was a US citizen. Um, can, can I can I just confirm something that is really important? There's three things I want to confirm. Mm. One is I think Igor Biscan's in it. Yes, which is amazing. Rafa Benitez without a beard. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Nice. And three, and possibly most importantly, sat at the bar in LA watching the Newcastle game, the lead singer of ACDC. Yes, absolutely. A lovely cameo. He's really good at it as well. He comes across brilliantly. Yeah, that's how you do a cameo. He offers Santiago Munez's uh, dad a a pint, a pint if uh, he scores a goal. Uh, He doesn't score a goal, but he does win a penalty and he still gets his pint. Uh, So, Mm. loose, loose with his (laughs) favours. ACDC, loose with their favours, which kind of sounds like an ACDC album. What are you giving them? Um, yeah, it does a bit. <laughs> <laughs> what are you giving um, goal out? What were you giving goal out of 10? Pete, why don't you go first? Well, considering I was the only person who saw it at the cinema, uh, I'm going to give it a, a solid 9 out of 10. Because I remember when it was getting filmed. I remember when. I remember when. I remember when. At the end of like a couple of Newcastle matches, there was a nil nil against Liverpool, I think it was. Uh, and I remember the players running on at the end of the end of the match and celebrating with the real players. And it was just really weird. It was like, this is never going to come out. It's so weird. I remember um, one of the actors said, uh, I think it was the, uh, the, the blonde bloke from LA, he said, we, we shot quite a lot of the real Newcastle games in the stadium. And uh, uh, apparently um, on, on the match day, they were really annoyed that they couldn't go out on the pitch during the actual game. <laughs> it's like, it's a football <laughs> match, right? No, they did. No, they did. Apparently, apparently when Newcastle scored, or maybe at the end of the game, they would run on At the end of the quickly. game, they did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
Do you mind fucking cool in it as well? He's a, he, he looks amazing in it, Genius. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mentioned this uh, film a few weeks ago on the Ramble and uh, on the Football Ramble Daily, and uh, I think I said that this wouldn't be being shot on digital. So this somewhere uh, on a Hollywood lot in an unlovable little lockup, there will be uh, a single cell or you know twenty four frames per second of of, of Kieran Dyer and uh, Do you Lee Boyer. <laughs> I kind of want it to burn yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Marcus, what are you giving out of ten? Well, I, I like the fact that it came out in two thousand and five. Now I don't know whether it would have come out before or after the Bowyer Dyer incident, but certainly Newcastle would have had more worldly or global exposure through this yeah. film. And <laughs> the first experience people got. I love that. That's the case. That is amazing. Why does that, to quote Luke Moore, why does that man's face look like a clenched fist? Um, but <laughs> but I, I think, I, I mean, nine out of ten is, is, is utterly ridiculous. You should be ashamed of yourself. Sight and sound reporter Pete Donaldson. Isaac Hayden came to Newcastle because he loved Newcastle because of the film Goal. And he's no, been excellent he this season. He did. He That's what he said at Newcastle because his agent could get him a gig at Newcastle. <laughs> no, he, he had the choice of every so club. To play for Newcastle, it must be a good film. Mental. Look, I'm just saying, a man turning up in boot bootcut jeans, uh, doing a yeah. trial for three days, having a stinker, and then suddenly getting personal <laughs> training from the manager and getting on the subs bench is exactly how Newcastle United do their business usually. <laughs> so I think it's an accurate portrayal of how Newcastle is run as a club, soundtracked by Marcus Speller's favourite band, Oasis. Oh, there's a lot yeah. of Oasis in there, to be fair. All right. Oh, no, I said, no. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what are you giving the famous documentary film Gold? <laughs> can I can I can I rate the uh, the managers um, the managers pre match team talk at the, in the in the big finale? Oh, so good. <laughs> no, I won't say that. I don't want to give remind it away. Us, remind us. Did he just not, did he not just look at all the players and just go? You know what to do? No, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's better than that. He goes, listen up, guys, and then there is a very long pause, and he goes. You know what you have to do. That is all. That's all of it. By the way, you say it's based on Vega. That's based on Sven all day long, Sven. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so when you're asking for the rating, are we are we rating it generally, or are we rating in a football film sort of rating? Because as this feature goes on, I feel that this could yeah. be the best film we see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking that. So maybe Pete's onto something there. I think we mm. have to rate it within the context, within yeah. the ecosystem of the football films we're going to be covering. Yeah. Um, so on that note, it's difficult because it's the first one we've seen. Yeah. But you're going to have to do it in, on that basis, I think. Yeah, so I'll go, I'll say, I'll play it safe and say 7 out of 10 then. Jimbo? Yeah, I like that because seven is the number that sounds the most like Sven, isn't it, Marcus? Which is what you've, <laughs> you've done there. But yeah, I, I would say in the context of Pete's film club, obviously it scores a little bit higher. Um, uh, there weren't many moments where I was sort of like cringing or embarrassed. In fact, I don't really know if there were, there were any. There was a lot of kind of quite hokey uh, movie moments, but none of them was truly, truly terrible. And as well as there being a lot of Oasis B-sides in there, which is obviously something very, very good for Marcus, uh, inexplicably, there is an And You Will Know Us by the Trail of Dead song in there. Yeah. And they're one of my favourite mm-hmm. bands. So um, that, it gets a little bit of an extra mark for that. And yeah, so I would, I would agree. I would go with seven. Yeah, I think I'm probably going to give it um, a seven as well. And, and I'll give it a seven, chiefly because I didn't expect much, and I actually quite enjoyed it. It was, I mean, mm. it, was, it was far better than I thought it was going to be. I thought not cheap, not because I'm some kind of amazing film snob or whatever, but just because I thought 
it's been it's, it's 15 years old regardless of how good it was at the time it's probably going to have dated badly but it actually hasn't dated that badly at all mm. and the lead and the lead in it is is, is really likable and you kind of want him to do well mm. so although it's kind of a lot, a lot of it is box ticking kind of film <laughs> narrative by numbers yeah it's, it's got enough in there particularly for a football fan to really enjoy so i'll give it a seven as well yeah. so that is uh that's a total of 30 points out of 40 for goal yeah probably yeah. not enough to stay up but you never know do you <laughs> never know. um what are you going to give us for next time um, you're going to be getting a film that is, while not wholly and solely focused on football, it's certainly football adjacent. It's a little known uh, romantic uh, sort of comedy, although there's not actually comedy in it. It's Gerard Butler's film, Playing for Keeps. Oh, Jesus. I saw, yeah. I, you, you mentioned this about two or three days ago and sent us a link, and I thought at the time, this, this looks so bad. It's a honker. I, I think, really gonna, I think we're going to regret giving goal seven out of ten. I think that score will be, have to be pushed up <laughs> retrospectively. Marcus, I thought what you're going to say is I think we're going to regret giving Peter's own film club. Come on, <laughs> it, yeah. I hate to think. Well, there's your homework. So should we review that next Monday then, Pete? Next Monday, yeah. so we've got a week to watch it. And the people listening can watch it along as well with us. Yeah. Indeed. There's your homework. Uh, playing for keeps. It's probably on one of the streaming services. Or, I mean, I don't really care to be honest. Illegally download it. I don't care. I don't care. It's for Pete's film, film club. I don't care. All bets are off, mate. Thank you very much, Peter. Well, that was Pete's Film Club. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've come to the end of our time at, on the Ramble today. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Luke, another little shout-out for Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Day. Lots of great stuff on there, extra content. Um, you guys do uh, the lion's share of that, and, and, and it's all great. Um, but oh, you also get a chance to win a signed Paul Gascoigne 1990 England shirt if you sign up before this Friday at 5pm. So make sure you do that. Patreon.com forward slash Football Ramble Daily. And thank you for all your support so far. Absolutely. A huge heartfelt thanks uh, for, for all yeah. of you who are on Patreon. Thank you very much. We really, really appreciate that. There is a link between Paul Gascoigne and the film Goal, uh, quite apart from the fact that uh, it features one of his next clubs. (laughs) He was the half-time hero uh, who came on the pitch at half-time in one of the matches in which they filmed. At one point, when there's a big aerial shot of Newcastle coming out onto the pitch to play a game, because Mm. they had to get some of the extra players in there, there are quite clearly 13 players on the team. (laughs) Hey, lovely. I love that. Well, there we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to The Ramble on Football Ramble Daily. Our our, our usual schedule is is running this week, so, so do check out Jules and Andy or Ramble Meets. And, uh, and all sorts of things. But until next time, it's Laura Love from me. Thanks very much. Luke Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jim Campbell. Thank you. Thank you, Pete Donaldson. Goal, the dream begins. Thank you, listeners. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. 
American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.